As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Have you ever been arrested for obstruction of justice? <laughs> um, I mean, one time I saw someone get a t- ticket for peeing in a parking lot. Is that the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> That's the closest I've ever gotten only, to being arrested. <laughs> only if it happened in Hess Village. It did happen I in Hess Village. It. <laughs> it happened in that parking lot that everyone parks in. I knew in Hess it. Village. I knew it. Uh, yeah. Well, welcome back to Paranormal, everyone. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, we are here, your favorite spooky gals. I'm Nicolina. And I'm Marie. And we're here with a uh, episode. Brand a new full, episode. A brand new episode, yeah, yeah. A full episode of your favorite paranormal stories. Yeah, non-investigative, but still true stories. Exactly. So, And we're in spooky season now, so that's exciting. Hell yeah. So, yeah. That, is that why our listener count has... Skyrocketed. skyrocketed in the last month I hope I think it's that and I think it's just we're so damn likable yeah. <laughs> so the last four years they just didn't realize it. we were just all right and now we're just, like, you guys are so likable right. <laughs> perfect well um yeah so we're gonna do some horoscopes mm-hmm. and then we're gonna get into some ghost stories and we got inspired by the last story that we did that was submitted by Courtney, one of our Patreons. Um, and she used the the term chost or post, whatever you want to say. And uh I'm going with chost. It's definitely chost. It's definitely chost. But then when you say ghost, it's coast. Ghost. It's not but child. No, it's totally chost. Chost. Let's just it's chost. Um <laughs> And so I was like, well, let's do some uh, famous child uh, paranormal hauntings that yeah. have come about, about. They weren't that easy to come by, no. like the full stories, but I found found some some little ones. Yeah, I found some. I found some. I found a good one to do. I noticed that like all the real meaty ones we've already done before. Sure, so. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> some of them were like. I was like, oh, yeah, that is a child ghost story. I yeah, didn't realize that. that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, whoops. Uh, but first, we will do our horoscopes. Yeah. So I will do yours first. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. People may be tired of your harsh attitude, Gemini. <laughs> this doesn't mean you should necessarily change your ways or who you are. Good. Just be more aware of how your words affect others. 
Be prepared to take the heat when people defend themselves. Don't kick people around and expect them to never kick back. There's a frenzy of warlike energy in store for you today. (laughs) (laughs) I love this horoscope. This is great. Um, Not yet. I mean, I didn't get into war with anyone today. No. But like, I don't know, dealing with a lot of anti-vaxxers and people protesting at hospitals and I'm just like you are all clowns Mm -hmm. like you are just the worst type of people um but I haven't really gotten into it with anyone today I could have yeah you could have but I didn't because I was like just bye (laughs) like just yeah you're just stay unbothered yeah 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 Instead, you just came here and we just ranted for an hour about it, and uh, that's that's how we cope. Yeah, and that's about it. And that's that's fine. That's a healthy healthy coping mechanism if I've ever seen one. Yeah, bottle it up and then let it all out right before you record your podcast about ghosts. I see no issue with that. No. All right, Leo's horoscope. <clears throat> Try not to be. Oh my God, yours is very similar to mine. Good. Try not to be harsh and judgmental today, Leo. You don't understand others' perspectives and the codes they live by. (laughs) Differences are no reason to find fault with people. You have a powerful personality that's perceptive and creative. Use these gifts in a positive, healthy manner instead of using them to get down on others and their behavior. Why does this, why do our horoscopes want us to like anti-vaxxers? Okay, so this, I feel like this is not related to the anti-vaxxer no, like stuff. Um, because we did have a conversation around a certain Instagram influencer who was posting oh, things. Yeah. And I felt like she was using her platform as an opportunity to exploit social a social cause mm-hmm. or like basically a feminist cause. Um, but like at the same time, there are... I feel uh, levels of where you've gone beyond that and now you've actually harmed. done the reverse. Yes, you've harmed the cause yeah. through your through your approach to this. And through I your wasn't fake. Yeah. Your fake you, activism. Yeah, fake activism, which isn't cool. No. It's not cool. No, I agree uh, with you. So I think that that got me riled up and if that's the difference of opinion that I'm dealing with, then... I need to unfollow this influencer because I really just <laughs> I need I need her to either change her mind about how she's doing this. Absolutely. And really just harming what people have done to actually bring some progress forward for, yep. for that cause. I'll agree with you on that. I know well because I know what you're talking about and I saw the posts and I was like, this is really gross. Like this is yeah. fake activism at its finest. Fake activism, yeah. So I just need her to stop doing that. People are just going to go to your Instagram and look at your fault, like who you're following, and f- I'm figure it out. I'm following her right now. <laughs> um. So anyway, <laughs> if that's the case with this freaking horoscope, um, I'm gonna have to just decline, decline, <laughs> decline to comment. Even though I just commented a lot. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, that oh. went way longer than I needed it to. <laughs> on to uh, the onto the stories for today. So as I already said, we are doing chos yeah. uh, or stories about uh, children who uh, had or people who had paranormal experiences with children. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do uh, radiant boys, which are actually um, 
there's more than one story or instance of them, um, but there have been uh, recurring instances of them in certain places. So I am going to do the most prevalent or famous stories about them, but I'll also give a bit of a, a background of, of where these Radiant Boys came from and what their like basically origin story is. Okay. One type of ghost that that is as creepy as it is tragic is that of what are collectively called the Radiant Boys. A Radiant Boy is the glowing ghost of a boy who has been murdered by his mother and whose appearance portends ill luck and violent death. Radiant Boys appear in the folklore of England and Europe, possibly originating with the Kinder Mordorin of Germanic folklore. The origins of these restless spirits is that of great tragedy, as they are said to be the ghosts of children who were murdered by their own mothers, something which has doomed them to walk the earth not only as ghosts, but also as foreshadowing disaster and harbingers of death. It is said that to see a radiant boy is a sure sign that bad luck or death is to follow, making them a frightening paranormal force that no one wants to come across and they have become entrenched as a rather creepy landmark upon the world of ghostly phenomena. Obviously, I wanted to know the reasons for why these mothers would want to kill their children, which reports say are varied, but back in the 1600s and 1700s, when the dark stories began to really take off, it was mostly because of kids being born out of wedlock, a big taboo at the time. Mm. So, yeah, or simply out of the fact that the parents did not have enough money to support them, leading them to resort to murder. In other more sinister cases, women did it in order to exploit a medieval law that said the second wives could inherit their husband's property if all his children had passed away. That is disgusting. Disgusting. Yes. Giving these mothers a financial incentive for the cold-blooded murder of a loved one. So that is extremely sad if that is the case of these radiant boys. Yeah, that's very upsetting. Mm -hmm. The great majority of the eerie radiant boy phenomena and sightings originate from Germany in the 1600s and then fan out to the areas of Cumberland and Northumberland in the northern part of England, along with the many German immigrants during the 18th and 19th centuries. There are numerous reports of encounters with these apparitions, which are usually described as looking like glowing young boys, or more rarely girls, who usually appear nude and are bathed in a luminous light that can be a variety of colors. The entities themselves are often indifferent to their surroundings, but cast off a rather unsettling atmosphere that typically leaves the witness in a state of shock. By far the most famous case of an apparent radiant boy occurred in September of 1803 at a place called Corby Castle in Cumbria, England, which was the ancestral home of the powerful Howard family. Here, a Reverend Henry of Redborough visited while his, with his wife for the evening, and they stayed in a room of the castle that was known for being quite haunted. The Howard Patriarch reported his experience living in the home, saying, I must observe that it is not remote or solitary. It is accessible by a passage cut through a wall eight feet in thickness, and its dimensions are 21 by 18. 
One side of the wainscoting is covered with tapestry. The remainder is decorated with old family pictures and some ancient pieces of embroidery, probably the handiwork of nuns. Over a press, which has doors of Venetian glass, is an ancient oaken figure with a battle axe in his hand, which was one of those formerly placed on the walls of the city of Carlisle to represent guards. There used to be also an old-fashioned bed and some dark furniture in this room, but so many were the complaints of those who slept there that I replaced some of these articles of furniture with more modern ones in hopes of removing a certain air of gloom, which I thought might have given rise to the unaccountable reports of apparitions and extraordinary noises which were constantly reaching us. But I regret to say I did not succeed in banishing the nocturnal visitor, which still continues to disturb our friends." So, when the reverend stayed in this room, he wrote the following events in his journal, saying, Soon after I went to bed, we fell asleep. It might be between one and two in the morning when I awoke. I observed that the fire was totally extinguished. So, when he went to bed, there was a fire there. Um, And although... But although that was the case and we had no light, I saw a glimmer in the center of the room which suddenly increased to a bright flame. I looked out apprehending that something had caught fire when to my amazement I beheld a beautiful boy clothed in white with bright locks resembling gold standing in my bedside in which position he remained some minutes fixing his eyes upon me with a mild and benevolent expression he then glided gently towards the side of the chimney where it is obvious there is no possible egress and entirely disappeared I found myself again in total darkness and all remained quiet until the usual hour of rising. I declare this to be a true account of what I saw at Corby Castle upon my word as a clergyman. The very next day, the reverend and his wife made a rather hasty departure from the castle, reportedly saying as they did, I am very sorry, but we must absolutely leave you this morning. Another more sinister case of a radiant boy was supposedly experienced by a Lord Castlereagh, who had once gone by the name of Captain Robert Stewart in his younger days, which he was known by at the time of his brush with the paranormal. At the time, he was stationed in Ireland, and one day he had gone out hunting in the countryside when it started to storm. As soon as he realized that a storm was moving in, It also dawned on him that he had strayed too far out and he had no longer could find his way back. The story goes that he wandered out into the wilderness before coming to a home sitting out there where he requested shelter for the night. His room was a modest affair, scarcely any furniture, and a small fireplace in the corner. He soon drifted off to sleep, but was pried from his dreams by a brilliant light that seemed to bathe the entire room. The book Fairy and Folk Tales of the Irish Presentry by Butler Yeats says of his encounter. He believed he had slept about a couple hours when he awoke suddenly and was startled by such a vivid light in the room that he thought it was on fire. But once he looked at the grate, he saw the fire was out. Though it was from the chimney, the light proceeded. He sat up in bed trying to discover what it was when he saw the form of a naked boy surrounded by a dazzling radiance. The boy looked at him earnestly, and then the vision faded, and all was dark. Captain Stewart had no doubt that the host, or the visitors, had been trying to frighten him, and in the morning announced his intention to depart immediately. The owner of the house then admitted that the room was called the Ghost Room, 
and was hardly ever used, and that was because there was apparently the ghost of a family ancestor who had been killed by his own mother living there. Oh, good. And that the fire had been meant to keep the malicious spirit away, but obviously it didn't work. So in the first one, the fire was extinguished, obviously, and that's when it appeared, and in the same case, that happened again. It was also said that to see the boy was a bad omen, and that the cursed room had been off limits for years, with it only open to him because so many other guests had been staying there at the same time. It was ominously said that whoever was to see the radiant boy would rise in power, only have it ripped, only to have it ripped away to leave a gaping wound followed by a horrible death. Um, author Edward Buller Leeton later heard another story that Castle Ray saw a radiant boy and that one morning he appeared at breakfast looking very pale and said that a strange boy with long yellow hair had appeared in his room sitting in front of the fire. The boy had drawn his finger across his throat three times and then vanished. That's creepy. Yeah, super creepy. This encounter would apparently live up to its reputation and bring with it some of the darker lore surrounding the appearance of Radiant Boys. And although he would become a prominent political figure in the following years, Stuart would suddenly see his fortunes dwindle and a great many tragedies would befall his family. First, his father died, which is how he took up the mantle of Lord Castlereagh. Second, Marquis of Londonderry and his older brother would also die in a boating accident. Then things would take a nosedive. His fortunes dwindled, his health health failed him, and his sanity began to slip over the brink of madness, forcing him to be confined to his country house called North Cray Place. In the end, he would fall over the brink of madness and take his own life in 1822 with a razor across the throat, filling the grim prophecy that seeing the radiant boy would bring about a violent death. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> um, so, yet another supposed radiant boy is said to haunt Chillingham Castle, a medieval castle in Chillingham, Northumberland, in the northern part of Northumberland, England. The castle was originally a monastery back in the 12th century, after which it went on to become a strategic location in medieval times, playing a big role in the battles between England and Scotland, and in later years, an army barracks during World War II. Throughout it all, there have been the stories of the castle's radiant boy, who appears as a young, naked boy surrounded with a blue glow that terrorizes an area of the castle called the Pink Room. The castle is so haunted, in fact, that it has been the target of several investigations by several famous TV paranormal programs such as Most Haunted and Scariest Places on Earth. These are only a few of the many reports of these ghostly glowing children, this species of wrath that has been appeared to frighten and in some cases bring dire misfortune. Is this all legend or lore, or is there something else to it? Are these the ghostly, tragic children of legend killed by their own mothers and left to roam the world of the living to bring fear and strife? Or are these just spooky stories handed down through the ages? Whatever the case may be, the lore of the Radiant Boys is just as frightening as it is sad, and one hopes that it, if they truly are real, then they will somehow find peace in the end. Dang, girl. Yeah. And I wanted to say I got my um, stories from mm-hmm. MysteriousUniverse.org. 
publiclibrary.uk and occultworld.com. Damn. I, uh, while I was looking for my story, I kept seeing stories of Radiant Boys. And oh, did I, you? I knew that you were doing it, though. And so I had to, like, quickly scroll past them because I didn't want to <laughs> ruin it. I Those were, like, the most famous ones. Yeah. I couldn't find... So there is another story that I experienced that a woman had. She said that um, she lived in... Um, basically her house off an isolated rural road and her nearest neighbor was a mile away one night she looked out of her window the only thing to light the gloom was a single overhead light suspended on a pole a figure stood beneath the bright circle created by the light pole surrounded by darkness it was exactly the height of a young child horrified she was about to turn away to excuse um to rescue the toddler so she thought that the child was in need of help oh my god and then um when she headed she went in her like the direction it was just an enormous owl oh my god so i don't know what that is about but what that is (laughs) okay well let's take a quick break sure yeah and then um i'll come back and i'll tell you my story sounds good okay Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're back after a long <laughs> slash short break. Short to you, long does. Yes. Um, uh, okay. Well, so I decided that I, while I was while, while I was researching, I found this urban legendish kind of story that I remember seeing on like a Ghost Explorer show, and I got really excited, and I was like, "Oh my god, I remember nice. this!" So. Whew. This is going to take place in Texas, where, like, right now, uh, Texas is the, you know, site of a real horror movie. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's fitting. Um, so near the San Juan Mission, there is an inch. So this is, like, very south, like, south of San Antonio. So very south. Okay. Um, there's an intersection of Villa Main and Shane, and there is what's known as a haunted railway track okay. at this intersection. Okay. So it's become a, a notorious urban legend for San Antonio locals, and the story is always revolving around a tragic school bus accident where students were on the bus and were killed. Oof. And it's said that the ghost of these children never crossed over. And they're still on the railroad tracks to this day. And the legend has gotten so big that, like, people come from all over mm-hmm. to come to these railway tracks to experience the paranormal activity that happens there. Wild. Yeah. So, um, there, the legend basically goes like this. Um, in the late, late 30s, early 40s, uh, on a very dark evening, there was a nun who was driving a school bus that was full of children and she was driving them home after a field trip Mm -hmm. and they were heading down Shane Road but when they approached the railroad crossing the bus stalled on the tracks Mm -hmm. 
most of the students were sleeping. So the nun was like trying to start the engine back up quietly. And at that point, a train ended coming up out of nowhere because its headlights were burnt out. So the nun couldn't see it coming. And uh, so it didn't even like... It didn't even like like what's the word like blow the whistle or anything like it was it didn't even warn it couldn't them. it couldn't see the bus and the bus couldn't see it right um, and it was too late to get the kids off the bus by the time she realized that the train was coming at them yeah so she tried desperately to like turn the bus back on but the train hit the bus and smashed through it and cut the bus in half Oof. the nun got thrown through the windshield but she did survive i was gonna ask that yeah and the children um were all killed instantly unfortunately shit yeah yeah uh so a few weeks later though the nun is like full of guilt she's heartbroken obviously she comes back to the site of the accident okay and so she decides that she's going to unalive herself because she's unable to cope with the guilt yeah. of this Fuck. incident. So she parks her car on the tracks and she's sitting there waiting for the next train to come along. This is like my a nightmare to me. Like I couldn't I Yeah. Later when a train did come into sight and it was speeding towards her the same way that it did the other night, mm-hmm. the nun began to hear small voices. <gasps> And then her car starts to move forward like somebody was pushing it from behind. Oh, my Lord. The nun's car rolled to safety just as the train roared by. Wow. In disbelief, the nun got out of her car and she started looking around like expecting to see somebody. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't anyone there. And I'm like picturing San Antonio as like a desert. Like I'm just picturing like wide up open space. I'm right? picturing the Mario Kart uh, desert yes. and yes. that train track that you go over. Yes. Um, she looked back at her car and noticed that there were child sized handprints no. on the back of her trunk. Oh, yeah. So that's when she realized that the ghosts of her students saved her life. Aww. She obviously found a like a a newfound purpose in life and she taught at their school until the day she died so it said that to this day if anyone parks their car on or near the railroad tracks at shane road ghost children will push the vehicle to safety because they're determined to make sure that nobody meets the same fate that they had suffered And it's grown, the legend has grown so much over the years. Like I said before, tourists come from all over so that they can like watch this happen. Mm -hmm. And some people, this is the part that reminded me, like I watched um, a ghost show about it. People will sprinkle baby powder on the back of their cars. To see, yeah, yeah, okay. And then they can see handprints on the back of their cars after their car's been pushed off. Yes. And it happened on the show that I saw. Wow. Yeah. So... There are many skeptics of the occurrences, obviously. There was a woman named Brenda Pacheco. She said she put her car in neutral. She took her foot off the pedals and the car moved. It moved quickly towards the tracks, up and over the bump and down the other side, well out of harm's way. She did the baby powder test and she was so excited that she got out to check the back of her car and there were tiny handprints. So she's saying this is real. Mm -hmm. She said plain and clear and so, so tiny. The prints were so perfect. You could see the lines of the palms and the swirls of the fingerprints. 
That's pretty wild. Yeah. And another person's encounter at the railroad tracks, they said, I know many dispute the legend of the railroad track ghosts. However, I was witness to one very indisputable indisputable event there in my late teens, early 20s. She goes on to recall her experience at the tracks. I once went over in my convertible with a new parakeet in the car. The bird had been chirping happily until we staged the vehicle for the tracks when suddenly his chirping went silent. It wasn't until we left the area that he began to chirp again. Curious by the bird's reaction, she decided she was going to try the baby powder legend on her car. Mm -hmm. So she said, I used the baby powder on my car. I had multiple small handprints, but these handprints did not belong to me. And I had no children anywhere around my car before this happened. And I was extremely meticulous about the appearance of my car. She then points out when one washes their car with dish soap, oils from the hands are removed. So there was no prints on my car before I put the baby powder on it. Mm -hmm. Now, the kids aren't the only stories at the railroad track, so I feel like I have to also talk about some other things that happen there, even though it is a Chost episode. Uh (laughs) Okay. So, a lot of the locals have said that they can hear the rumbling sounds of a train coming, and they can hear the steam whistle blowing. Oh, wow. And they can hear the screeching of the wheels as if the train is trying to stop, but nothing ever appears. There's no train there. Um it's just dark and it's nighttime and yeah. you can hear it but there's yep. nothing there and there's a really popular local story that locals will tell you uh that happened not long after the bus crash so there was a woman who was driving down Shane road and she was approaching the railroad crossing and she saw a little girl standing all alone on the side of the road she stopped she pulled over she offered the girl a ride home and when they arrived at the girl's house the the child was hesitant to leave the vehicle and go inside. So the woman thought that the girl was probably a runaway. Mm-hmm. Um, she thought maybe she had gotten in a fight with her parents. So she told the girl, like, oh, I'll talk to your mom for you. So the, the woman got out of the car and she looked back to give the girl, like, a smile. But she, the girl had vanished. The little girl was gone. So the woman quickly reopened her car door. There was nobody in there, but the seatbelt was still fastened. Oh, my God. So there was someone there. So she definitely didn't imagine it. Nope. Yeah. And another Wild. another account uh, that happened more recently, actually, took place when a girl and a couple of friends made the trip to San Antonio to see the railroad tracks. The girl took photos and emailed them to her mom, and the mom was shocked to discover that in one of the photos there was a ghost, a ghost of a little girl holding onto a teddy bear. And we'll post that on our Instagram, but it's right here if you want to look at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. The truth, obviously, is debated in San Antonio. Both people, like both residents and law enforcement uh, officials are like, it could be true, could not be true, whatever. Um, there's been countless reports of cars appearing to move on their own with childlike handprints showing up on the vehicle after. And some people have also allegedly heard the voices and laughter of children while they're at the tracks. Some believe that the legend was inspired by a different fatal accident that happened on December 1st in 1938. That, But this one happened in Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay. So the city was dealing with blizzard-like conditions and a school bus that was carrying over 20 students was attempting to bring the kids home safe when the bus stalled on the railroad tracks just as a freight train came hurling their way and obviously every single person in the bus passed away. So pretty much the same story just happened in Salt Lake City. 
So it's possible that the news coverage in Salt Lake City became blurred over time with the San Antonio legend. Okay. Um, with like later generations kind of adopting the story as their own story. But if that's the case, th- like I feel like there would be similar stories throughout America about this. Not but just in San Antonio. Right, yeah. yeah. And there are so many firsthand accounts at, in the San Antonio yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the handprints, like the physical evidence, which yeah. kind of gets me. Imagine it's just like tiny raccoons. <laughs> Chirping at each other and pushing the yes. Um, So basically, I want to go to San Antonio now. And yeah, and park your vehicle on the, the um, tracks. Yeah, or or like maybe some maybe we'll just like park some politicians' vehicles and see. Sure, and put some baby powder <laughs> on the back of them. Yeah, like no one's in them, no. just the vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no one's in them. No. Um, so that's the story of, or the legend of, of these. I like that one. Yeah. But then I wanted to, uh, read a, another firsthand account that I had found. Okay. So this person says, I used to live in, I don't know if I'm saying this right. So sorry if I mispronounced it. Seguin, Texas. I know many dispute the legend of the railroad track ghosts. However, I was witness to one very indisputable event there in my late teens, early 20s. Personally, I don't think a toe degree declination is enough to push a 3,600 pound car, two tons with passengers, over the tracks with no starting momentum, but... One afternoon, I had gone to the railroad tracks with a few friends. After having driven over the tracks a couple of times, we were chatting with some visitors who had already taken a Lincoln Continental, which weighs two and a half tons plus, over the tracks once. They were a husband and wife and they and, and a visitor from Mexico who didn't believe the event, accusing the husband who was driving of making the car roll. Mm. So the husband and wife got out and let the Mexican visitor take the wheel for himself. They staged the Lincoln about five yards back from the tracks with the engine shut off. With their visitor in the driver's seat, the car suddenly began to scream and slammed on the brakes, but he couldn't stop the car until it completed its crossing of the tracks. Oh, so he must have screamed and tried slamming on the brakes because the car was moving. Was moving, yeah, but yeah. But the brakes didn't care. It just no. kept going. Yeah. Um, he also tried putting the transmission in park, but it still went forward. <laughs> I've never seen anyone so terrified. Once the car finally stopped, he jumped out, still screaming and shouting <laughs> in Spanish, then demanded that his host <laughs> take him back to his hostel, stating further that he was leaving and never coming back. I once went over in my 1968 Firebird convertible with a new parakeet. Nope. We can cut that. That's the other one. That was the last wow. personal account of yeah. it. And uh, that's the story of the San Antonio Children Railroad Beauty. Ghosts. I liked it. Yeah. Less mm. ominous. Well, still ominous, but not Sa- as... Yeah. And still sad as fuck. Really sad, but at least nobody's mother murdered them. To- totally. So. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Like... Um, That's fucked up. Really not enjoying that they had a law that that allowed basically right? women to capitalize on their the death of their children. Death. Yeah, terrifying. Like, wouldn't they need money more if they had children? Not if they were all dead. I mean, yeah, but then they don't have children to feed and they get money. That's what I mean. I'm just saying, why would they give them a law that allows them to have more money? 
Oh, I get what you're saying. When yeah. the children die. Like they're worth more dead than alive. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it seems pretty backwards to me too. Yeah. I don't know. What to tell I you. mean, it was a medieval law. So <laughs> yeah, I understand why it no longer exists. That's um, fair. <laughs> so um, are we going to do more Virgos? Yeah, I mean, why not? We're I in Virgo don't see season, why not. And we do love Virgos. So Yeah, I think so. Let's see. I'm going to go with Tom Hardy. Okay. Jason Sudeikis. Sudeikis. Okay. And uh, Charlie Sheen. Okay, so Charlie Sheen's going to die. Okay. Is there anything horrible about Tom Hardy? No, not that I know. Okay. I'm going to marry Tom Hardy and have sex with Jason Sudeikis. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 1000%. I agree with that. Good. Selection. I'm glad. Okay, so for you, I'm picking Melissa McCarthy. Okay. I'm, We've done her before. I know we have. Oh, have we? Okay. Yeah. Richard Gere. Okay. And Jack Black. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a fun one. I know. That's a fun one. I know. Uh, okay. Um, Who's the middle guy again? Richard Gere. Okay, yeah. We're going to kill Richard Gere. Okay. That's just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now it's the battle of the comedians. Here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to marry Jack Black. Okay. And have sex, have with, sex Melissa with Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy, I guess. Okay. I would switch it. I would get married to Melissa and have sex with Jack Black, but I respect your decision. Yeah. No matter what. I'm <laughs> I am fine. more attracted to Melissa McCarthy <laughs> than I am Jack Black. And I've actually heard Jack Black give a number of interviews about being a father and like a husband and all that. Oh. And he seems like a real swell guy. <laughs> Not that Melissa McCarthy wouldn't be or Richard Gere. I don't know. But yeah, who knows? I haven't heard them speak about that. No. So. No, I'm with you. <laughs> so those are my decisions. Um, well, I, I enjoy them. So that's yeah. fine. <laughs> I mean... Okay. That's showbiz, baby. Yes. And uh, stay spooky, everyone. Yeah. Bye-bye. Until next time. (laughs) Bye-bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.